Welcome to the Relay Bitcoin session where we interview the most exciting people in Bitcoin and try to educate uh, our existing user base, but obviously also people who are new to, uh, to Bitcoin and want to try out, uh, you know, investing in Bitcoin a little bit and learning about Bitcoin, because with our app, we try to be the world's easiest Bitcoin investing app made in Switzerland. Currently, we are available in Europe only. You're obviously, your network's probably more in the US. Uh, where you have similar services like Swan Bitcoin and uh, River Financial and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, very cool. You, you, you are on the show. Thank you very much. If you maybe want to uh, introduce yourself uh, very quickly for the, especially the Europeans who might not know you. Well, thanks for having me, man. And um, I'm just a, a normal Bitcoiner like everybody else uh, who is just completely obsessed with uh, this phenomenon that is Bitcoin. And... I started learning about it. I got my first exposure to it in probably, you know, 2012, 2013 and paid attention for a while and then really went started. And, you know, it's, it seems like every, I always think like I, I don't always think I can't go further, but I always think like I'm, I'm fully obsessed now and then it gets worse and worse and worse and I just keep getting consumed by it. And so as a result of that, uh, I started a podcast because I felt somewhat alienated because most people in my environment or my social group weren't that interested and didn't know much about Bitcoin. So I was living in Thailand at the time and I started a podcast just to talk to people about Bitcoin, the experts, the entrepreneurs. And what I found is, you know, the conversations I think I most enjoy having is with anonymous, random, not famous, not well-known people on Twitter, you know? So I, a lot of my podcasts, has become speaking with, um, you know, just everyday Bitcoiners and hearing their stories and hearing their journeys and hearing why Bitcoin is important and meaningful to them. And uh, it's been the most rewarding uh, journey of my life, uh, particularly because it's allowed me to develop so many relationships with so many great people. And that's why this conference, I'm so excited about the conference in Miami now, because I get to meet a lot of these people and hang out and you know, so um, the, the podcast is called Bitcoin Rapid Fire. And um, yeah, that, that's it, it, it was born purely out of my own interest. And what I like to do on the show these days, I can kind of see it moving away from just broad Bitcoin discussion of the economics, the investing, the finance angle, all that kind of stuff. And I tend to be most interested in uh, the personal development uh, kind of per personal development, personal change, philosophical components of Bitcoin, because there seems to be a, a phenomenon emerging around that where we're seeing not only people come in and understand why sound money is important and understand the implications it has for society, be a representation of the changes it has on an individual level and exploring why that is the case is the, probably the most fascinating um, element of this whole thing to me. So um, that's what I, I like to explore on the podcast. What do you, what did you find? Like, how does Bitcoin change people in a personal way, like from personal development point of view? Because I also see myself, I've changed a lot since I am into Bitcoin. I also hear on podcasts and when talking to other people that it changed them a lot, but what did you find? Because you kind of, it seems like the concept of your podcast is pretty much that, finding out how Bitcoin changes people. So how, what, what are the main things, how people change with Bitcoin? Well, you know, I'll tell you, I, I, I was beating myself up a bit uh, 
a couple of weeks ago because myself and Gigi and Rob Breedlove and Richard James did a podcast with Jordan Peterson and it should be coming out in a couple of weeks or sometime soon. Um, and he had, that was his first question for me as well. And I said it had something to do with sovereignty, right? When people are able to establish total ownership over something for the first time, right? Like, what do you really own? And the answer is, you don't really, you only really own things that you can defend. Like you say you own your house, but if the government decides or that you haven't paid your property taxes or that, you know, you lose it in a divorce or whatever the case may be, they can easily take it from you. So what you own is what nobody can take from you. And what a value, what of external value can you actually own? And I think Bitcoin is the first ever thing that gives you that total sovereignty over something that you can exchange and trade with other people. Um, and so I think that instills in people um, a responsibility, but also a new sensation. And then it causes them to look at other areas of their life toward their health and their relationships. You know, all, all these places where they say, where could I establish, if not total sovereignty, greater sovereignty than I had before? Like, what, what am I depending on in my life? What am I depending on other people, right? Like, am I, am I depending on, you know, uh, the medical establishment or hospitals or drugs for my health? Am I depending on mainstream media for my information, for my perspective? And I think it causes people to rethink all this and try to take more responsibility for that stuff. But, and that's kind of the answer I gave Peterson, but the reason why I was beating myself up is because I think that's a part of it. And lowering your time preference and extending it out into the future and thinking longer term has a large effect on, on all those things as well. But the punchline is, I think it's hope. I, I don't think there's a more powerful... Uh, I don't, I think hope is the most transformative human emotion, let's say, or, or, or perspective to have. And I think of it like a lot of people in Bitcoin, either they had been tracked and maybe they were libertarians, or maybe they were just critical of the system and they didn't know exactly why. And as a result, they had a fairly despondent or you know, kind of depressed attitude toward the future. It's like, I don't really see much great on the horizon. So I'm just going to get my kicks or I'm just going to do me or have fun or, or whatever. Or I think the case for a lot of people in the world today is like the state of the world, whether they consciously know it or it's subconscious is causing them to be nihilistic, right? Or, or depressed or, or, you know, not think that the future holds very much of value. And the problem is, is like that that's bad enough in itself. But when you're not striving for something in the future, when you're not hopeful about something, then your immediate environment becomes dull, right? Because, you know, nothing, if, if you're not striving for anything, then the things in your immediate environment don't really have that much meaning. But when you see what Bitcoin represents and you see that it's actually a fix to the main component of the problems in society and the culture, which is the money, you know, and that's the thing that many people learn when they start learning about money and Bitcoin is that everything is downstream of the money, the society and the culture and the prosperity and the peace, all those things have such a strong relationship with money. And if you have falsity and deceit and corruption and co-option in the money, then that's going to create all sorts of problems downstream of it. But if you can fix the money, as we say in Bitcoin all the time, right, fix the money, fix the world. And once you start to see that relationship, then your idea of the future starts to change dramatically, right? You start to see a more hopeful future on the horizon, more peaceful, more prosperous, more fair, more meaningful, 
right? And all that stuff, stuff comes together and it keeps piling on as you learn more and more and more. And all of a sudden you have an extremely unprecedentedly uh, uh, hopeful image of the future. And so what that does is it, it acts as an attractor pulling you forward, right? That, that you, wanna, you wanna create that hopeful future. And again, the reason why that's relevant is because then your environment, your, your current environment becomes alive with meaning, right? Your, 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 your environment becomes vibrant because everything in your environment is potential information to expedite your, your journey toward that, that hopeful future. And so I, th I think that can't be discounted, right? Because where before your environment was dull because you weren't going anywhere, now it's filled with meaning, right? You, you, the color of your life becomes more dramatic, more vibrant because there's actually something that you, because everything is potentially useful for moving toward that hopeful future. And that transforms your relationships, your ideas of value, your principles, fairness and honesty and integrity and courage. It transforms your diet and how you treat your body and all of this. I mean, it's, it's really remarkable how much it transforms. And so um, I think you, you could spend hours and hours and hours talking about all the different elements of this, but I genuinely think that hope is probably the most, you know, uh, it's the primary component of what's fostering this, these transformations. Beautifully said, beautifully said, very well said. I mean, it's really, it, it makes people, stacking stats and saving in Bitcoin makes people calm and, and more long-term focused, more long-term oriented. Because before they were basically stacking fiat, uh, but just like working, working for fiat money, which then through inflation, negative interest rates, banking fees and all that just melts away. So you want to Uh, you want to spend it as, as, as uh, soon as you can, as fast as you can. You, you always need to earn, earn, earn. You spend, spend, spend. And you earn, earn, earn. You spend, spend, spend. But you never really... Uh, a lot of people that don't do like financial investments and stuff, and they're uh, basically 80% of the people don't really care about you know, stock market and all that stuff. They just have their money on their savings account and there it melts away. So they spend it and they take, uh, take out loans to buy stuff take up mortgages to buy houses and they have to pay by pay. So they stack up liabilities and they more and more become slaves of, of the capital system. Uh, and that's stressful. That make, makes them nervous, obviously. Uh, if you lose your job, you're basically fucked because you, you can't get the, the, the money in that you need to pay your bills. Um, whereas opposed to when you get into Bitcoin deep enough, I mean, at the beginning, Bitcoin also makes people very nervous because it's very volatile, short term. So that's why, okay, oh, I, I, put, I put in 1K and now it's one and a half K I need to sell or I want to buy more. And then it goes back to 500 bucks and then I need to uh, sell again. So it makes them nervous at the beginning. But once they see the long-term value of Bitcoin, it, it makes them feel very calm and very free because they know they finally have something where they can put their wealth, what they, they, they work for it and they, they put something aside. Uh, into an asset that's actually scarce and that actually holds the value or even uh, 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 um, uh, appreciates in value on the long run. And that's what Saifedina Musa, for example, talks about with time preference. You have a lower time preference. You can, you, you're free to do more things that you want to do as opposed to things that get, get fiat money in, right? Yeah, totally. And I think we're only now appreciating and only still a little bit, like we're going to learn so much about this in the, in the coming years, 
just how valuable it is. Because all those things you were talking about, I th absolutely agree. But I think most of them are subconscious, right? People don't think about how their savings are melting away. They're just, they, they're on this hamster wheel and they think that's the way it is. And the anxiety that that produces, they just think is normal, right? But when you have, when you have like an anchor of certainty in your life, uh, it starts to, to change you in, in many ways. And I think not only do, does Bitcoin is Bitcoin an instantiation of certain principles, right? Of fairness, of freedom, of truth. Like these are fundamental and important principles that in many ways in society today, I think we've, we've lost, right? We, we, we've lost, we don't value these principles anymore. Even if we say we do in our actions, I don't think we do. And that now we have something that each person can adopt that allows, that serves as a bedrock of, of certainty in their life, I think it, it, it fosters people's ability to explore different domains of behavior that previously they just weren't inspired or, or, or didn't permit themselves to explore. And like one of the things that I love is, let's say Bitcoin is a, is a profound truth, right? You know, not only in that it communicates truth, but maybe on multiple levels, who knows? But the fact that when you adopt it, and as you say, and like it's, and as we've been saying, nobody can take it from you either directly or indirectly, that sort of thing. I think it wells up in people uh, like a courage to speak truth themselves, to be, if Bitcoin is a mechanism for communicating truth, I think people who, who engage and adopt Bitcoin become, uh, you know, vessels for the, the expression of truth themselves. Everyone's different and this takes many different shapes. But like when you know that no matter what you say or do, nobody can take your money, nobody can devalue your money. And it just so happens to be in a period where it's monetizing. So it's going up pretty rapidly. Like you can say, like you're only beholden to what you think is right, right? Like let's say you're a normal fiat job person. Maybe you work for the government, maybe you work for a big corporation. You can't express what your, your real views and values are. You have to be very careful with what you say and do, because if you're not, you'll lose your job or you'll be demoted or that kind of stuff. And then what? You don't have your security, then you're, you're lost. But when you have something so certain that nobody can take from you, no matter what you say or do, it allows you to have the courage to speak what you believe to be true. And that's what, that's what all this is about. Like we live in a world that's so filled with uh, lies and delusion and illusion and deceit today. Like just speaking the truth is revolutionary. And the fact that this thing is giving people the courage to speak truth, it's freeing them from that hamster wheel. And it's giving them such a sense of certainty that they can say, you know what, I'm actually, I'm going to say what I believe to be true, because I think there's no greater principle than that. And if you want to fire me, if you want to cancel me, if you want to do whatever, I don't care. Because me speaking the truth is more important. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and I have a plan B and me speaking the truth is more important than anything that you're offering me. Cooperation, because of that certainty I have, because of that plan B I have, I'm not, it's not going to destroy my livelihood. I mean, how amazing is that? How much do you think it depends on this... Uh quite small still community 
uh, that we are. Like Bitcoin is still a very small community. Only like one or two percent of the world owns even owns Bitcoin. Um, and and so, how much do you think we're actually like this small tribe? that it, Bitcoin will always work, you know, amongst us. So I will always be able to, to spend, uh, to, to pay you in Bitcoin for a service or a good and, and vice versa, but like not, maybe not 90% of the rest of the world. Like how much do you think it, it really, it, the, the value of Bitcoin depends on this community and how, how good or bad is, is this dependency on, on community? Well, I mean, this community exists because of Bitcoin, right? So I don't like, I know it's easy to say like we're in the community and the outside world is not and what's the relationship between the two. But there was a time when I wasn't a part of this community and there was a time when you weren't a part of this community. I mean, it's sucking people in and it sucks people in for different reasons, right? For financial freedom, for the philosophical components, for the political aspects, like People come in for many different reasons, but because Bitcoin inherently sanctifies ideas like freedom and sovereignty and fairness, like if you hold Bitcoin, I, even if those aren't, if, even if you don't think those are that important to you right now, I don't think you can avoid having it rub off on you. If you hodl Bitcoin long enough, that sense that it instills in you is going to change you in some, in some way for most people. So. I think, like, I don't think we, we may not reach a period in the future where everyone fully appreciates the different, like, um, attributes and principles that emerge from Bitcoin. But I do think because everything is downstream of the money, right? Everyone in a, in a, in a complex society and market and culture, everyone is just responding to price signals, right? So if those price signals contain falsity and deceit and corruption and co-option and unfairness, then they're going to be responding to price signals with, with those things in those signals. And of course, that's going to corrupt the behavior that they choose to take as a result of those price signals. But if those signals are a genuine reflection of the behaviors and values of people in the market and cannot be distorted, then I think those, the behaviors that are following those signals are going to be far more in line with the principles that people are espousing and the values that people are espousing. So I think even if you're not like super hardcore about understanding Bitcoin and the philosophy around it, even if you exist in a market where the price signals that are being perpetuated are, are being perpetuated by Bitcoin, I think it inherently rubs off on you because the, the lack of the distortion and the falsity and the corruption and co-option will be in the signal. And the signal is what determines your behavior, right? We all respond to price signals day, like multiple times a day. And so if those price signals are genuine, it's gonna rub off on us. And so it'll produce a culture that I think has those principles instilled and instantiated in it more than it does today. So, you know, like you said, we're very early days and that's why we have this kind of like hardcore community who's trying to embody and espouse these principles because it's still so nascent and we want to protect it and we want to promote it um and but it'll there'll come a time where it's so big that it won't require that and it'll just kind of seem silly for us to be you know maybe that way so i think this is the what you see in the beginning stages of all like movements like that and and, and the last point you know 
people can talk about what their philosophy, their political philosophy is and all this kind of stuff. Like there seems to be a rise in socialism around the world today. But like, I think people inherently know that like everyone is an individual. You can, you can believe whatever political philosophy you want, but at the end of the day, you're an individual having an individual experience. And the fact that this thing amplifies your ability to do that, both to have that individual experience and to express what your values as an individual are, I, I, I don't think you can avoid being affected by that because that's a, a deep truth that you are an individual in uh, you know, having an experience in the world. And so, you know, uh, I think Bitcoin will continue to work its magic in changing people. And what I love about this is like, we're still figuring this out. Like, I don't know shit about Bitcoin. Like I'm all this stuff I'm telling you now, like maybe, like it's what I'm seeing right now, but maybe not, you know, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. So all I'm trying to do is see with clarity and speak, uh, you know, um, art articulate what I'm seeing as truthfully as I can. And like my faith is that if I try to see clearly and I, and I try to speak truthfully, then over time I'll inch closer to the truth of things. And so, you know, we may look back on this video and, and laugh at how we were thinking about this five, 10 years from now, but I think we're on the right path. And uh, I love the fact that this thing is like a magnet sucking in people from all over the world that value things like truth, freedom, uh, fairness, all that kind of stuff. I mean, it's, it's amazing. It is, right? It is amazing. Um, but, but, but the thing that freaks me out sometimes, uh, I'm very honest here, like I'm, I'm in this for like six years now and I really enjoy it and I see it growing. But sometimes I wonder if, if, if we are just all freaks because there are like tribes that, that uh, around some stupid topic, like for example, uh, flat earth, you know, flat earth theory. There are millions of people thinking that shit, actually yeah. thinking this shit and they're making things up and theories and they go to conferences and pushing themselves into this kind of like objectively seen stupid things. I mean, so it's just a belief that they, they believe something different than, than like 99% of the people. And sometimes, I, and this is never going to be the majority. And so, but I mean, they, this, this is okay to me. I mean, no, no opposition to anybody. They can do whatever they want. Um, they can believe whatever they want. If, as long as they uh, don't harm anyone else, that's, that's fine to me. But sometimes I wonder if, are, are we just a, a small freak show and they will do a Netflix series about us in a couple of years? <laughs> is this, is this <laughs> or is this actually this financial revolution and in 10 years everybody will own Bitcoin and everybody will be in this mind, mindset and frame? That's, that's something I really think about a lot. How, how do you see this? Yeah. Well, you should, right? If you're a critical thinker and you're confronting something that's so foreign and, and so unusual and you're trying to wrap your head around it, and you're seeing this emergence of this emergence of a counterculture, uh, yeah, you should be skeptical, right? Of course, that's a natural natural question. I ask myself the same thing. But then, you know, like the counterculture is competing to become the dominant culture, and I think we, you know, I'm fairly critical of the, the global culture today be it politics or pop, popular culture there's, there's areas where it's 
Ghana Central for sure, especially when when you contrast it with the the mainstream culture. But first of all, you know, all movements do the you're going to be seen as as a freak, right? Because your your perspective is counter to the dominant perspective. Um, and so I think it's good to, to be careful of that. But what I see is a bunch of people really pursuing truth. I mean, fundamentally, I mean, yes, you can get into like, when the, as the culture develops, it, it can become a bit group thinky. But I, I do think that Bitcoiners are very aware of that and they're apprehensive about that, which is why like, in many cases, if you say the word community or culture to a Bitcoiner, they'll be like, fuck you, there's no we, you know, it's all just individuals. And this is a shelling point. We're all just coming to the same conclusion individually, <laughs> but there is no we. And I get that. And, and like, I agree. I, I, there's obviously a community, but what I think, what I see in each of us is we're, we're trying to see clearly, we're trying to pursue truth. If we encounter other people on the road that are doing the same thing, of course, we're going to develop a relationship with them. And of course, we're going to, you know, have conversations with them. But it doesn't mean I'm going to follow them off a cliff. Like if they do something that I don't think is right or that I don't agree with, I'm going to say, see you later. You, you, you do your own thing. Um, so what I'm seeing is just like a, an amazing group of all sorts of different people, races, sexes, classes, everywhere from all over the world converging on principles. And those principles are truth fairness, freedom, and, and several others. And I think that's amazing because we're in a world today where I think we've lost our regard for those things, right? And, and people no longer have the means, the courage, the, the, you know, the awareness to even articulate what their principles are. No, so what I just think what's happening is beautiful. And I think if we, we focus on, on those things rather than being a part of any sort of community and then just, you know, develop the end because relationships are obviously super important, right? So you don't want to go through life in isolation, but you want to make sure they're not relationships of dependence. You want to make sure that they're healthy relationships and you're, you know, and, and my experience thus far in the Bitcoin space you know, some of my best friends right now, I've never met in real life. And I'm going to meet some of them at this conference. So I'm super excited. But like, I have best friends that I've only talked to like this. And it's amazing how close a relationship you can develop with people when you, when you're, you're the thing that drives you is so similar and it's driven you to arrive at a similar place. And so um, I, I know what you're saying. And of course I know how the outside world thinks about us Bitcoiners. Like my, I was joking with a couple of guys on a podcast recently. Like if anyone from outside the Bitcoin land is, is would think we're completely lost our minds. Right. Cause we were talking about Bitcoin as like an alchemical substance and like, you know, Bitcoin and spirituality and philosophy and all this crazy stuff. And, you know, to most people, that sounds insane. This is just something on the internet, you know, it's a internet funny money or something. So I get it and I understand how, how we seen, but look, we're the current culture. So of course the current culture is gonna see that as foreign or see that as a threat. 
because we do need a cultural upgrade, but we need it in the right way. You know, all this cultural back and forth today is so like top level. It's like that game Jenga, right? Where you're pulling out those like wooden blocks. Everyone's fighting over the first, first or second level at the top. We're trying to go at the very bottom and change the foundation, right? So we have a stronger structure and that's going to upset some people. It's going to make some people feel uncomfortable because, you know, a lot of people, first of all, they don't see how bad things are in many cases. And even if they do, they're in a demographic where they're like, look, I don't, I get it, but I got like 10, 20 years left to live. I don't want like massive tumultuous change. Like I just want to live out my days. I have enough in savings that I can drink wine and sit in the sun and I don't have to worry about it. And I can appreciate that. I can, you know, of course, like walk the boat at that age for the system, it's been hard and you just want to finish things off. But unfortunately, you know, history doesn't care about your preferences. I mean, this is a massive, uh, you know, a massive trend uh, that's happening globally. And I, I, I think it's going to uh, cause tremendous change over the next several decades. And I, I really hope that change is smooth. And that's why a lot of us in the Bitcoin space, like if you show up and you genuinely want to learn about Bitcoin, we're happy to help and discuss and share resources and all that. And look, the work you're doing, like companies trying to get people into the lifeboat, right? So that it doesn't collapse their worldview and collapse their you know, their financial situation if things get really shaky and unstable in the future, which I, I honestly don't see how they don't. You know, so the best case scenario is that this, you know, we, we people get into the life raft early and it's a relatively smooth transition because otherwise it doesn't matter how much you like the current system and how much you agree with it. I just don't see it as being sustainable. So, you know, um, I don't think people realize how much of a solution Bitcoin represents for what may be on the horizon. Mm -hmm. Do you think that when the internet came up in like the 80s, 90s, uh, I mean, a lot of people, like, like the majority also said, you know, this is, uh, this is a fraud or this is not going anywhere. This is bullshit and stuff. They didn't understand. And there was this small, also these, these small uh, group of, of um, cypherpunks and, and, you know, tech nerds and, and visionaries and, you know, people like, like, Bill Gates and Jeff Bezos, who understood it very early and made their fortunes out of it um, and made very, you know, their, their successful career they built on this. Um, do you think that people were as like tribal and common, like this, this community um, flavor that we have now that it, it, like people almost think we're like a, a, a small group of freaks? Like, was this, do you think this was similar, like almost? idealistic, uh, you know, I, I don't know how to call this, but you know, this, 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 this tribal vibe that is around this Bitcoin community now, was this, was this similar, almost like spiritual and uh, uh, religious in some form? There was, there was definitely a counterculture around the early internet for sure, you know, but I don't, and I wasn't like, I was probably, you know, 10, 15 years old when that was happening. So I wasn't as close to it. But I don't think it was as um, intense, for lack of a better term. But I think that's because 
what it represented while revolutionary, well, you know, it was kind of like freeing information for the world, right? Taking information out of its sanctioned silos and just opening it up to the world. While I think that's, well, that was obviously revolutionary and very important, I don't think its implications are as important as freeing money, freeing value from its silos in the world. Um, and you know, maybe, maybe you could say it as simply as this, we are much more what we do than what we say, right? I could say all sorts of shit to you right now. And of course people pander and say, they're gonna do this, or I'm about this, or I like this, or I believe in that. But what do people actually do? That's what's important because that's what's real. Who gives mm -hmm. a shit what people say? It doesn't matter. What do you do when you wake up in the morning? You know, like what, how do you treat people? How do you treat yourself? How do you engage in the world? And people's behavior is reflected in money, not words. And so releasing words into the world is awesome. And the free flow of information has been great, but it is way, way, way less important than freeing the thing that represents our actions in the world. And that's what money is. And so when you have, when you are reforming money so that it can do that, so that it can express our actions to the world with full fidelity, nobody disintermediating or distorting that signal. That is, that's why you get more like zealotry in Bitcoin. That's why there's more of a religious fervor around it because that is everything. That is freeing, not just information, that's freeing the individual. Um, and so I, I think it has, way, way bigger implications. And as a result, the people that support it are that much more, uh, you know, eager to defend it than the, the counterculture around the internet. Yeah, almost obsessed because it's like a more, even a more profound development than the internet. That's interesting. I actually never thought about it like this, but it's true. Like that's also why, that's why you get so obsessed and even to, to even toxic to some degree, like people, who, who devote their whole life to Bitcoin often become very toxic and maximalistic and, you know, really defend it with their life uh, just because they think it's really a very, very basic uh, and, and profound um, thing that we, and it's once, it's a once in a lifetime, once in a generation opportunity probably to, to solve this whole issue. That's why they, they get so uh, attached and so dedicated. a lot of bad press. I actually think there's two, you know, I think what that is more is that people realize, like if we're talking about Bitcoin being the money that allows for the expression of truth in behavior, right? Then what, what matters then? Well, it matters where that behavior, behavior comes from. Who are you, right? That's what we want to see because the, the, the money is just the way that that gets expressed. And so I think the toxicity is not so much about defending Bitcoin, although that's certainly a piece of it, but I think we want to know what people's character is because here we are talking about, you know, truth and fairness and freedom and courage and all of these like fundamental principles and values. And when people show up to the Bitcoin community, like, Hey, I just, I just learned about Bitcoin. I'm here to fix it. Sort of people like <laughs> we want to see, we want to see what they're about. And so I think what the toxicity is about, is just poking the bear a little bit. Like, let's see if you're humble enough 
to show up with a beginner's mind because there's a lot here that you need to learn before you know what's going on here. And also, even if you know a lot, let's poke you also to see if you, you know, if you have a good, a sense of humor, a humility to engage, to not take yourself so seriously and to show what, I guess you poke people to show, to get them to show you what their principles are, right? And so I think the toxic, we wanna to see what people's characters are like. And so if they come in and we poke them and they're like, oh, you're so toxic or I hate you guys or, you know, Bitcoin would be so great if it weren't for these toxic, you know, Bitcoiners, then it's like, oh, okay, I see what you're about. You would rather be spoken to nicely than find truth. So you're more dedicated to people respecting who you are than you are to truth. And that, you know, that's the opposite of me. I don't give a shit what people think of me. I want to know the truth. And so I'll go through the gauntlet of hornets and whatever to find that. And I think that's what most hornets are like. That's why we have such, that's why we have such crazy memes with each other. And we can say such crazy things to each other because we all know that that's secondary to understanding what this truth is about in Bitcoin. And so, you know, I think that's, that's the, that's the quote unquote toxicity. I, I don't think many Bitcoiners are really like mean spirited and trying to, you know, be aggressive unnecessarily with people. I think they're just poking to try to see what people are about and why they're here. Exactly, exactly. There's no space for ego, right? In 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 Bitcoin, it's it's really we we don't have a leader, we don't have a guru. Nobody's a nobody's a leader. Nobody has you know has to have a big ego. They're all very um, very humble. And it's a, it's an ecosystem, not an ecosystem. That's what, what a friend of mine always says. And uh, even big figures like um, like Michael Saylor or you know whoever who, who who's a big proponent in Bitcoin, they get a lot of prestige. They get a lot of attention. Uh, people like them. People like to kind of see them as 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 leaders, but but not not really. Uh, it's not it's not a. They're just they they just earn a lot of respect but they are not the leaders. Like people don't follow them blindly, right? There's every, everybody is, is, is rational on his own terms because it's so, it's a, it's a libertarian uh, movement. It's, 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 it's very interesting, yeah. Uh, good. Yeah. Well, people, you know, of course, I, like Bitcoin is a, is a meritocracy, right? And I agree, like, and I think one of the, the fundamental properties of, of deep truths is that they humble you because you don't understand it, you know? And, and if you need to recognize that you don't fully understand it and by doing so you become humble. So if, if that hasn't happened to you, I don't think you're fully appreciating the truth of a thing. So that's part of what I think is going on here. But, you know, sure, we, there's so many people in this space. I, I respect their intellect. I respect the things that they've built. I respect who they are. I respect the principles that they espouse. But as we were saying before, I mean, Part of not, you know, making sure that you're not part of a big group think, you know, cult sort of thing is making sure that you're ready to slay your heroes, right? And not like slay them literally, obviously, but just to say, okay, like, you know, everything you're doing is, is great and I think it's awesome and everyone likes you. But if you do something that, that reveals something about you that I don't agree with, I'm happy to, to, to call it out. I'm happy to say like, I disagree with you on that because we live in a culture today where, you know, maybe that doesn't happen so much. You just kind of celebrities get a, a pass on things. And, and I think there's, 
there's many cases throughout Bitcoin's history where people are respected and praised for what they've done or, or what they're doing. And then they slip up and everyone's more than happy to not, you know, people don't tiptoe around it. They say, hey, I disagree with that. That's stupid. And, you know, and then the, the, the idea is fight it out on the battlefield. And that, it, that's the point. That's another part of the toxicity, right? It's like people come in, you know, the, the whole, like when Lex Friedman came in a number of months ago and everyone was like, um, you know, Bitcoiners should be more welcoming, you know, and more, more gentle and polite and stuff. And from my perspective, it's like, why? We, we recognize that we're in the face of something that we don't understand, but that it has massive implications. So why are we, why should we waste time on being overly like polite? Like, let's just, let's get in the, the, the arena and let's let all the ideas battle it out. And let's do that as quickly as possible. So if you lose, boom, you're gone. And like, we just, there's a frenzy of ideas. And as a result, things keep getting refined and refined and our understanding gets refined. Why would we want to slow that down just to not hurt somebody's feelings? And the, 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 the crazy part about that is, is that if you accept that process, the relationships you develop with the other people who accept it too, it's like you can't hurt their feelings and they can't hurt yours. And therefore, because you're on this kind of like, because you both have the same mission, you end up developing like in a very short period of time, extremely strong, respectful relationships with people. You know, so it's just, it's a facade, it's a veneer, it's a vestige of the fiat uh, culture that people expect and want to be treated uh, with respect before they've earned it sort of thing. City is coming in and you can humble yourself in the face of these ideas and you can get in the mix and you can share your ideas and you're more than happy to have your ideas dumped in the garbage because they're shit and then come back and refine them even more. And if you're willing to participate in that process, you're going to get nothing but love, right? But if you're going to stand on the sidelines and say, oh, I wish you were nicer and how come you don't respect me? And what about my ideas? Of course, you're going to get shit on because we're, <laughs> who cares about that? We're not about that. We got bigger fish to fry here, you know? <laughs> oh, that's hilarious, man. Thank you very much, John. This has really been an amazing uh, conversation. I, I think we could go on for at least 24 hours, but I think we need to make it here and maybe have another, uh, maybe catch up another time soon, hopefully. One last question though I have that I have for every uh, guest that's probably the most interesting for, for most of the listeners. How much of your wealth do you hold in Bitcoin, like percentage-wise? <laughs> well, I hesitate to answer those questions because, you know, there's a certain degree of privacy that uh, sure. I like to, to maintain on things. But let's just put it this way. Well, I can't, I, I can't think... How should I put it? There's nothing that isn't of transcendent value that I value more than Bitcoin. So beyond beauty, love, relationships, those sorts of things that you can't put a price on or and the opportunity cost of not funneling all of your uh, excess of wealth, let's say. And also, you know, with every sat you stack, you know, this, this thing, you integrate this thing more into yourself. There's more of it to rub off on you in a, in a weird sort of sense. So um, I, uh, 
as much as I'm capable of, of allocating, that's, that's my allocation. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, okay. That's a good answer, man. All right. Thank you very much, John. It was really a pleasure. I uh, hope we can get, uh, our, we can keep in touch and I wish you a wonderful uh, conference with a lot of inspiring, inspiring uh, conversations and inputs. And uh, yeah, I ho hope you can uh, report a little bit of, of uh, the, uh, of the, the the magic to the world and to me in, in a couple of weeks. Looking forward to that. Thank, thanks for taking the time for being here and have a great rest of the day. Well, thanks for having me, man. It's been a pleasure to talk and, and share these ideas. I love what you guys are doing uh, at Relay. Keep up the great work. And uh, yeah, we'll talk again soon. Okay, cool. Cheers. Bye-bye. See you, brother.